How are you doing? My name is Christopher Brown, host of the podcast Sports Talk with Chris, and you're now tuning in to my newest episode. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and have a great day. What's up, everybody? You're now tuning in to another episode of Sports Talk with Chris, and today's episode is all about the NFL. The season kicks off in 54 days. Now, today I have a special guest with me, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hey, Chris. How you doing? My name is Frank Piccolo. I'm the co-host of Now We Have Liftoff, a New York Jets podcast. Let the audience know where they can find you at. We are at liftoff underscore NYJ on Twitter and Instagram. I'll make sure I have, you know, the links to your social media is in the description of this episode. But, you know, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Your Jets. Last year, they were, you know, if we we're going to be honest, one of the worst teams in the NFL. But a lot of moves that so far they've made this offseason. And I personally think from the outside looking in, they're going to be way better. But what do you think? Man, let me ask you this first. What's the excitement going into the year as a New York Jets fan? I haven't seen this type of excitement when a team was so bad the previous year, probably since 1996 going into the 97 season when the Jets brought Parcells in. Hmm. Man, I, I, I remember watching the draft, and I did a couple episodes in the draft, and I was asking people, you know, rank who do you think had the best draft? Rank who do you think is going to come out of this draft? And, the Jets were, and you know, in all those questionnaires I put up, they were top five. How do you feel like they did in the draft? Well, that was an A plus draft. When you're talking about drafting Zach Wilson at two, the Jets maneuvering, moving up from 23, making that trade with Minnesota to get an Elijah Vera Tucker. I love that pick. Oh, that was great. Drafting Elijah Moore in the second round, who I feel the Jets got the best. Draft capital for where they got that player at in mm-hmm. that slot, and then getting Michael Carter from North Carolina in the fourth round. The Jets, I think, hit a home run uh, in the NFL draft this past April. I agree with you, Elijah Moore. In my opinion, was a steal. I didn't think he'd fall off that far. No, especially when you you look at the Giants and they selected Kadarius Tony with all the wide receivers that were still on the board. Yeah, that was weird for me. I didn't under. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a great NFL wide receiver. But me personally, and this might be the Eagles fan talking, but I don't know how much I tra- uh, trust Daniel Jones. So I don't understand, you know, prioritizing another wide receiver instead of trying to fix up the offensive line. Yeah, but if you're going to draft a wide receiver, you should have gone with a guy that has that explosive ceiling that Elijah Moore has and mm-hmm. you know I think Kadarius Tony is going to be good but especially with the Giants I think Elijah Moore could have unlocked maybe some potential that uh in that offense especially with all the playmakers the Giants already have I, I definitely agree with that uh, let me ask you this you drafted a new quarterback before we get into him were you, you know, disappointed with the trade with um with the trade with Sam Darnold, or did you want him, you know, to be traded away? No, uh, me and my co-host on our podcast have kind of went went back and forth on this when this was going on. I wasn't a big Sam fan. Um, 
my my co-host is a little of a a Sam apologist at times, blaming <laughs> blaming Sam Darnold. But I didn't really like Sam all too much coming out of USC. He turned the ball a lot over a lot in college. He continued that right in the pros. I think both aspects could be true that Adam Gaze and the New York Jets, uh, specifically Mike McCad McCagnan, the former GM, did not help and did not put enough talent around Sam, but Sam didn't do enough in elevating the talent that was on the team itself. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, what are the expectations for Zach Wilson for his rookie year? I think anything anything less than like 4,000 yards, 3,800, 20 touchdowns, maybe 16 picks, I think is going to be a disappointment just because of what the Jets did this offseason. Yes. You know, they re they redid that whole offensive line, brought Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, Tevin Coleman, brought in Michael Carter, like I said earlier in the draft. Like, this offense is loaded. Yes, this offense is definitely better, in my opinion, than it's been in the past couple of years with Sam Darnold. But, you know, you got a new quarterback and you also got a new head coach, a head coach that I'm personally fond of, and I think he's going to have a tremendous, you know, Tremendous tenure there with the Jets. But in your opinion, what are the expectations for Robert? And also, did you like that head coach uh, hire? I love the head coach hiring. He was my number one when they when you they went through that whole search just because of that fire and intensity that the Jets haven't had in a long, long time, probably since Rex. Mm -hmm. uh, I compare Robert Sala to a mixture of Eric Mangini and Herman Edwards, just the way that he likes building his players up and just the way that defense plays uh, over in San Fran is just something as a Jet fan that we haven't seen in a long time. I have to agree with you there. You have a guy on that defense that I'm a huge fan of, and I think you know he's one of my guys, the breakout you know, player of the year. You know, kind of award thing I do on my show, but Quinn Williams, defensive lineman, I think he's going to unlock Quinn Williams, and I think he's going to have the best year of his career. Even though for me, he had a huge jump last year, but I'm thinking over 13 sacks this year, honestly. Yeah, it's hard to tell because they brought in Carl Lawson from the Bengals, mm -hmm. and you couple him with bringing in Sheldon Rankins from the Saints, Vinnie Curry from your Eagles. Yeah, that, that D line is stacked. It's probably the deepest position group on the team right now, mm -hmm. and you're going to have like a NASCAR package. I don't know who these offensive lines are going to try to double because if you try to double Quinnen, which is probably the smart bet, yeah, you're going to have Carl Lawson screaming on that outside edge. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm, you know, like you said, they picked up all these moves in the defensive line, and I'm not surprised because if you look at the San Francisco, you know, 49ers defensive line over the past couple of years, they have one of the, you know, best, you know, disrupting defensive lines on their team. And so I'm glad that the Jets were able to really, you know, key in on that position because, you know, in my opinion, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. When you have a division with quarterbacks that like to throw the ball, you have to have a defensive line that can get after them. Yeah, I think that's more important than your uh, defensive secondary is mm -hmm. having – because if you have a good defensive line, you can make the quarterback uh, make throws when he's not ready, make errant throws. So, in my opinion, in today's NFL, you don't need those lockdown corners like you did with, like, Dion and Revis and mm -hmm. Daryl Green. You could get away with having a good defensive line 
and just getting after the quarterback. Yeah, that, that's ironic because that's how my Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl with great defensive line play and, you know, a little bit below average, you know, defensive back play. But, you know, we talked about the new head coach. We talked about the new quarterback. So your opinion going into the season, what are the expectations for the team? And also after that, you know, what do you think the record's going to be this year? The Jets are going to be, come December, I think when you turn on the television and you get that graphic uh, for that playoff hunt, I think you're going to see the Jets fighting for a wild card spot. Mm. Just because, besides Buffalo, I don't, in the division, I don't know who else you trust in that division. Miami's got Tua. I'm not sold on Tua. I don't think that hip is fully healed yet. And I just think New England's quarterback situation is a mess right now. Cam isn't the Cam that he once was. And I don't think Mac Jones is going to be that solid of a quarterback in the NFL. Definitely agree with you with the Mac Jones. I definitely agree with you with the Mac Jones. So talking about that, who do you think wins the AFC East this year? Well, it's going to be Buffalo. Buffalo, hands down, better than everybody right now. That's a loaded team. They're their offense and defensive lines are stacked. They're stacked at wide receiver. And if Josh Allen plays like he did last year, it's not even going to be close. They'll probably be 12-4 and four again and have a a bye in the first round of the playoffs. See, me last year, I predicted Buffalo because, you know, I watched them and their success with Tyrod Taylor, and I saw how good Josh Allen could be. Once they got, you know, Stephon Diggs, I knew, you know, how successful they would be. So, I'm not mad at anybody that picks Buffalo. But honestly, this year, I'm really close to picking the Patriots because, you know, even though Cam Newton might not be the quarterback, you know, he once was last year, you know, he really didn't have a lot of guys to throw the ball to. Guys were injured. You know, he didn't have a lot of playmakers. Now you give him two tight ends. You know, and I think they, you know, still, you know, need to address that wide, the wide receiver spot. I don't like Aguilar, but, again, that's Eagles bias from me. <laughs> he, he, had a, he, had, he had a really good year. I give him this. Had a really good year with the Raiders. So hopefully, you know, he can keep up that same success. Born, I haven't seen enough from, you know, Nikhil Harry. He just, he hasn't made any plays. He was, you know, expectations were high when he was drafted. And right now I haven't seen anything. But the two tight end pickups, I love that because, you know, with Cam Newton running the ball and you got three, you know, three or four running backs you can have in there, you can go dual tight, you know, and really, you know, ground and pound, you know, type offense if you want. But for me, honestly, I'm leaning a little bit more towards the Patriots. I, I like their defense better than I like the Bills, only because the Bills' pass rush, in my opinion, it's inconsistent. Ed Oliver is inconsistent. You got older guys on there that's hit or miss. And the Patriots really addressed their pass rushing, you know, in the draft. You know, drafting Barmer, who I think was a sleeper pick, bringing in Van Noy, bringing in Judon. And they also, you know, got in the guys that were on the COVID list last year that didn't play because they wanted to sit out. Yeah, I think we're going to, for the first time, going to find out if it was Brady or Belichick. Yes, I like I like that one. I like I agree with you on that one. You know, uh, my money's still on Brady just because I got <laughs> to see him up close and personal. And I have I have a little bit of a bias against Belichick mm-hmm. of what he did to uh, yeah. my beloved New York Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to find out and see. You're definitely going to find out and see. I, I don't think Miami – honestly, I think Miami, I don't think they're going to win a division. I do think they're going to be, you know, similar last year, you know, maybe double-digit wins, fight for a wild card spot. I just don't know if they have enough experience just to jump in there. But as I say that, the Buffalo Bills, you know, they didn't have – well, they had a little bit more experience. We're, we're just going to have to wait and see, though. I, I like Miami. 
there's still some things I think they need to work on. I don't know what's going on right now with Xavier and Howard. They lose him. That's huge. Yeah, if they if they trade him, I I think that's it. And I I don't understand what that GM is doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you traded the tackle, then you traded Minka away, and now you're gonna trade your cornerback away. You're they're trading all their old pro talent. They don't have much all pro talent on that team anymore. Yeah, they really don't. You know, like when I I try to compare them to the Jets. Well, I try to compare all the teams in our division to the Jets and. The Jets on paper right now probably have the best offensive line out of the four of them, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. When you talk about Mackay Becton and where his ceiling could be, yeah, if he could stay healthy. No, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. I do like what the Jets did just you know past couple of years, especially in the draft with the offensive line because you can bring in a new quarterback. I, you know, I hope that you can protect your quarterback. Unlike my team that had 14 different starting lineups. Offensive line in 16 games, but I'm not <laughs> going to turn this into Eagles episode. But real <laughs> quick, you know, before we move on with that Xavier Howard thing and all pro thing, I don't understand what the problem is. You pay Byron Jones. Don't get me wrong. You know, I don't like the Cowboys at all, but I do respect the talent. And Byron Jones is definitely a very good cornerback. But Xavier Howard has arguably been the best cornerback over the past three, four years. Oh, he's, he's an interception machine. He you can't throw on him. He disrupts passes. I don't understand what the dilemma is in paying him because you think you're going to bank on Byron Jones being a, a shutdown. He's going to be a very good corner, but I'd rather have two number one corners than one. Oh, without a doubt, you know. And I get, I get the whole money situation, mm-hmm. but who else are they going to put put that money towards? Exactly. They don't have anybody that has a premier position that they're going to have to pay right away. Mm-hmm. And they missed out, you know, bringing in if they wanted to let him go. They missed out on bringing in Shaq Griffin from the uh, Seahawks. If they wanted to, you know, pay a cornerback maybe not that much money, you could have did that. But, you know, I think they missed the opportunity. I think the Dolphins were smart because you got Renner Van Noy, who, in my opinion, you may, you know, say to player, oh, he's not an upper echelon, you know, pass rusher still. But that's a veteran with experience in that locker room. That team is very, very young. And me, personally, I still believe you should still have some veterans on your team that has some experience. And so losing a guy with a lot of years in the game and Xavier Howard on that back end, you know, like I think we're both agreeing, I think it's going to hurt him. Yeah, well, I, maybe they, they pivot and try to sign uh, Stevie Nelson, the uh, who played for Pittsburgh last I, I need, year. I need my Eagles to do that. As much as, I, <laughs> as, much as, as much as I think that would honestly be a great move for them, my Eagles need him. They don't need him. My Eagles desperately – need a number two corner. If we get that, I think I'll be I'll be more confident in the year. But our cornerback situation over there in Philadelphia is just it's is terrible. It might be the worst in the NFL. Uh, it's either you guys or us. I, I'm not too <laughs> sure. Oh man, that's that that's bad. That's bad. But um let's talk about this as we you know wind down to the end. There's a lot of this was a very, you know, very, very deep, very, very high expectation, you know, draft class, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. In your opinion, which rookie QB will have the best season? Well, that's that's such a tough question because you don't know how things are going to unfold. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think I think it's going to be dependent on what San Fran does in their quarterback room. Yes. Does Jimmy, does Jimmy G stay healthy? Because if, say, Trey Lance – gets inserted in week four. I think it's Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, cause I don't think Justin Fields is going to see the field this year. Cause I think Nagy's going to try to keep him in his back pocket so he could try to prolong his hold job. On to, yeah, exactly. Hold on to his job. Um, and I don't know. I, the Trevor Lawrence is in a really tough spot. Mm-hmm. They brought in Tebow, I guess, to be the tight end, but who, who knows with Urban Meyer? Cause mm-hmm. we all know the relationship that Tebow and Urban Meyer have with each other. And, and Zach Wilson's in a tough spot. So gun to my head, I'm going to probably go with Trey Lance. And I'm, and I'm glad that you said it really depends on the situations with the teams, because, you know, like we talked like you know, you just talked about if everybody had a chance to play, you know, I think you look more towards Trey Lance and more towards fields. I think they are in the best situations, but with field, you know, like you said, McNaggy, the only thing that could have saved him and the GM's job was either trading for an elite-level quarterback or drafting a young quarterback. And so, you know, like you said, they're going to try to sit and bench him as long as they can. And, you know, hey, this is our ace and hole. We still have this guy that we can work with. Because I don't think McNaggy, the success he was able to have with Mitchell Trubisky and not a lot of very good wide receivers, I don't think he should be fired. But I think, you know, sometimes coaches get the bad hand. You know, unlike Doug Peterson, who deserved to get fired because he's a bad play caller, Matt Nagy is not that. And then when I look at Trey Lance, for me, in my opinion, when the draft, I said whoever goes to the 49ers will have not maybe not they're not going to be the same player, might not have the same type of success, but they're going to get the Patrick Mahomes special, as in they're going to an organization that has playoff uh, aspirations at that early you know stage. You're going to a team that was just in the Super Bowl that wants to win now. And you're learning behind a veteran quarterback. And so whatever young quarterback, just like, you know, Pat Mahomes got to learn behind Alex Smith for a year and take over for the team that was already, you know, and win now mode. Whatever, you know, I'm looking at Trey Lance getting drafted at 49ers. They're in win now mode. And so I don't know if he, you know, gets rushed to put in there because we see Jimmy Garoppolo able to win with only throwing the ball 15 to 16 times. And so I don't know if they're going to rush to throw those guys in there. That's why, honestly – I think it's going to be between Wilson and between um, uh, Trevor Lawrence. But like you said, who knows? You know, Urban Meyer might, you know, want to turn Tebow (laughs) into Taysom Hill. Yeah, but when you look at, like, the Trey Lance situation and the Zach Wilson situation, they're going to be playing in the Shanahan offense, that West Coast Shanahan offense, and that's very quarterback friendly. It's a lot of motions, a lot of zone reads, a lot of – three-step drops, get the ball out, put it into your playmaker's hands. And when you talk about the 49ers, they got Brandon Ayuk. The Jets got uh, uh, Corey Davis mm-hmm. and and more. Mm-hmm. When you talk about those type of situations, the Jaguars don't have many speed guys on the outside. You know, they got they got Chark, and Chark's a good receiver, but – that, yeah, you're right. That's that's almost it, really, when it comes to wide receivers. I'm surprised they went, you know, ETN in the first round. I was I was shocked they went ETN. I thought the Jets were going to be looking at ETN in round two. Yeah, me too. I, I thought I, I'm with you in that. That was, you know, how my mock draft lined up because I'm thinking, I'm looking, you know, you have Carlos Hyde, you know, you have James Robinson who, you know, did what he did last year. I never. I think that was more. It had to be to please Trevor because that was not. And who knows? You know, ETN might come out and be the guy, but I feel like it's just kind of like the Eagles situation. I hate bringing up the Eagles, but you know, Jalen Hurts. He just we got lucky. He just so happened to be right there to take over. But 
was that the best position? Was that the best guy to draft at that position? When you go, you know, what do you need versus what's available? Was ETN the best guy to draft at that position? Or should they have went offensive line or wide receiver, which I personally think they should have done? Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm normally in the mindset of, like, best available, but you also have to look at the depth chart. You just had yes. James Robinson that went off last year. Yes. Trade the pick because you know you you need help. You had the number one pick, mm-hmm. so you know you need help. And you just lost Keelan Cole, who's probably your second best wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He was your burner, your your nine route, your go route, whatever people want to call it. Mm-hmm. So either trade back or they could even draft an Elijah Moore in that spot and nobody would have blinked twice. Nobody would have blinked twice because that's honestly that's honestly what they need. And that's honestly, I think honestly would have helped out Lawrence. You know, when you have a young quarterback, it's good to have a nice running game, but you want to have wide receivers that they can get comfortable with, young or experienced. And, you know, like we just talked about, I look at a wide receiver, I like Chark. You know, Dorsett hasn't shown anything as a pro. No, nothing yet. Mar- Marvin Jones Jr. He's a he's a he's a decent wide receiver, but they really don't have anybody that just pops out. You say, okay, we can make something. You have guys that you can maybe say, oh, if a veteran quarterback had them. But right now, I just you know, when it comes to quarterbacks, I don't know if I like the hand that Lawrence was dealt. No, and he's going to a coach that he's – there's a question mark. He's probably one of the best college football coaches of all time. But yes. how is he going to translate to the NFL? There's not a good track record for college coaches that make that make that jump. You look at Lou Holtz, Steve Spurrier, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. You're definitely right. But as we wind down to the end, let's, let's do some quick hitters, you know. All right, sounds good. Super Bowl predictions. What do you like? Early, early takes. The winners or the winner or the who's, two teams? Who, the two teams, and if you want to, if you if you want to throw out a winner. Oh, NFC, mm-hmm. the Rams. Mm. I really like that Stafford trade. Oh, I love it. I I loved it since day one. I that was that huge. Trade. I don't know what the Lions are thinking. Neither do I. <laughs> And the AFC's tough because I, the Chiefs is such the sexy pick, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Mm. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Big Ben's is gonna go out on that magic carpet. You like the Steelers having a better year than last year? That's a that not out of you know the people I talk about giving you early Super Bowl predictions. That's the team I haven't heard so far. The Steelers. Mm. Yeah, well, people forget. That team's that team's good. Yeah, and they just picked up. In my opinion, he's going to be a top five running back right out the gate. And Najee Harris, I love him. Great player. Yeah. For me, I like I like the Rams pick. They're one of my sleeper teams, and so another team out the AFC just to throw one out there. You know, that's not the obvious choice. I, I like the Colts. Yeah, that's a good one. I like the coats, man. It's going to be the quarterback play, though. That's yeah. see me when I when I look at Wentz, and this is non biased Eagles hat. He had he had a terrible, arguably the worst quarterback season last year. But when you you know take out the names, when you look at a quarterback right and his success record outside of last year, he was in everybody's at least top fourteen quarterbacks, which is an above average quarterback. His best year that 
he was going to win MVP and everybody in the league, uh, you know, gave him that nod was with his new head coach. The problem last year was no offensive line, terrible play calling. You have a top five offensive line. You have a great play calling coach. You have a running game and that defense is, you know, just as good, if not better, probably better than, you know, every single defense outside of the Super Bowl year he had with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I feel as though last year, the thing that held them back was Phillip Rivers. He couldn't make the throws that they needed him to make against that that Bills game. I picked the Bills to win, but the Colts had so many opportunities. They were in the red zone. All he had to do was make simple throws, and Phillip Rivers could not make those throws. I yeah, think Car- I think Carson Wentz can. The only thing with Carson is it's it's like such a cliche in sports. The best ability is availability, and yes. can Carson stay healthy for a full sixteen game season? And and my my comeback to that is last year he was the most hit, most sat quarterback and played every single game. He only got pulled because of bad play. It did that, and I and I cannot argue with that because you're right. You know your best ability is availability, but last year the fact that he was able to get hit 50, 60, 70 times, get sacked more than anybody in 14, 13 games, and he did not get hurt once or he did not sit out once. I think that just shows that. All his injuries was really freak accidents. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. And the Colts, the Colts offensive line is ridiculous. Oh, it's my God. Probably the best in the league. Yeah. Quentin Nelson is – he's a throwback. He's a throwback football player. I love it. When I played uh, guard a little bit in high school, you know, that's the guy I looked at because he was by far the most dominant. You know, he had most dominant. He had everything. He could give you finesse or he can give you raw power. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Another he's, team. Go ahead. No, I was going to say he's a future Hall of Famer. In my oh, book. yeah. Oh, yes. That um, listening to, you know, I don't watch a lot of, you know, national sports media because, you know, their opinions and what they say sometimes are heavily flawed. But one thing that, you know, I consistently heard when he was drafted from, you know, the guys that I do watch is this is the guy, you know, when he gets drafted, he's a walking Hall of Famer. Like the potential was there in college and they knew wherever he was going. First ballot Hall of Famer, and <laughs> they're 100% right. Yeah, no doubt. And another team I just want to throw out there, what do you think about the Browns? I, I question Baker, but Baker to me proved a lot, not too much, but enough that I can trust him a little bit in the playoffs. What do you think about the Browns? I think that's another team that people sleep on that they can make some noise this year as long as they get you know, the Odell situation, which I don't blame Odell. But as long as they understand, do they want to be 50-50 pass or, you know, 60 pass, 40 run or 60 run or 40 pass? Once they figure it out, I think they could be unstoppable. Yeah, well, you talk about Kevin Savansky. You know, you're again, you're talking about that Shanahan tree, yes. you know, and making it very easy on the quarterback. One read, get rid of the ball, put the ball into your playmaker's hands. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Browns, I, I'm trading Odell. That team played a whole lot better without Odell than with Odell. And I, I don't really care what you get for it. Sometimes you, it's an addition by subtraction. And that, and I, and I can't be mad at that because what you said, they did play better without Odell. And I don't, I don't necessarily blame Odell because everybody knows we talk about talent. And when he's healthy, he's a top ten. I believe a top ten wide receiver in the game. But I think if you want that offense to thrive, I do. They have two number one running backs. I do think you have to use that running game, that ground and pound game. You have two tight ends, and I think that just has to be, you know, the plan for success. And, I, and I'm and i with you. I think they trade him. You know, hopefully he plays well out the gate. Well, 
the thing with the trading them is though, they look very, very good to start off the year before he got hurt. They look yeah, good. I just I, I know it did look good, but you got Jarvis Landry. Yeah. How, how many times are they gonna throw the ball? You're right. How many times could they afford to throw the ball with those two stud running backs that they have? And then top they have a top three offensive line. Yeah. And then their defense is out of control also. Oh, my goodness, man. People don't understand. For me, Miles Garrett, I think he might – you know, if he plays, you know, 17, 16 games, he could easily lead the league in sacks. I think Clowney, he he was, I think, probably the worst pass rusher last year. He did nothing with the Titans, but I really think he could have a bounce back year. And he, does, he doesn't need to get 10 sacks. Just, you know, stop the run, give me five sacks, and that's a very, very productive – you know, year for him. And then they got brought in Malik Jackson and they brought in the linebacker from Notre Dame. And then I have two cornerbacks that were hurt last year, you know, that are coming back and you bring in Greg Newsom. This defense is going to be amazing. Yeah. I think the drafting of Greg Newsom was huge for that defense. Somehow, some way I, I wanted, you know, him to fall to the second round. Didn't believe it was going to happen, but you have to hold out hope when you're. Oh, of course, you of course, to, you have to hold out hope. But the last question before we get up out of here: early picks, MVP, who you got? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I like that pick. Aaron Rodgers. He he still got something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna be a little biased here. I think the offensive rookie of the year is going to be Elijah Moore. I like that. I like that pick as well. For me, uh, you know, my show, I did way too early takes. I, you know, released this a few weeks ago. Just to, you know, throw out some early names and the three early names. I won't dive deep into it. You know, two quarterbacks. We already talked about them. Matthew Stafford. I think he's in a better situation with a better coach. With you know, outside of Megatron, better receivers, and I think he has a lot to prove. Same thing with Wentz, better coach, and he has a lot to prove. You know, when you look at MVP and you look at the narrative. Those two players fit the narrative that, you know, you want to push. As long as they have good seasons, I think they could be candidates. And a wild card is Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in the game. But when I look at the Saints and the fact that the only weapon they have, you know, receiving weapon outside of, you know, Kamara is Michael Thomas. I think Kamara is going to have over 1,300 receiving yards, over 1,000 rush yards, and 20-plus touchdowns. I think we're going to see a one-of-a-kind season for him. Who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback, though? Oh, see, for me, I think I think Sean Payton, um, he saw success with Taysom Hill. He saw success that he could control. But I leave, but I believe if you want to be successful, as in you really want to win, Jameis has to be the guy. Oh, I don't know. You can't trust Jameis, though. You see, but you gave him a year to – I say this. You have two quarterbacks, right? I, I say you start – the one that you – you know, everybody has the biggest question mark. I say you start him first. Because when in doubt, you know you can be successful with your system with Taysom Hill. And so, you know, I say start the guy that has the question mark. And if he gets rolling, he's the guy because you are you have your insurance policy on the bench. That's how I feel. And I think with the year him sitting and learning behind Breeze and learning with Sean Payton, I do feel like he can have a better year. But you're right. You can't trust them, and they don't have a lot of weapons. So I'm curious to see who's going to pass to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that how this plays out. And mm-hmm. Luckily for them, there's going to be an actual training camp in preseason this year. Yes, that and not people forget how important that's going to be for you know new you know new uh, players starting at a new position, new coaches, you know draft you know rookies. That training camp is huge. Yeah, and you know 
since you talked about it, I'm going to be a homer as well. My pick for offensive rookie of the year has to be Devontae Smith. I, I couldn't I couldn't say any other name and believe it what I'd say. I was I was really happy he didn't fall to the Jets. I you know, I hope it works out for you guys, but I was I'm I was not high on Devontae Smith. The talent is all there. I just don't know if his frame can hold up a seventeen game season. And I and I and I that was one of my question marks. I wanted I personally, you know, I think everybody wanted Jamar Chase. I oh, think yeah. was, I think he was the number one by far. And but when I look at you know Devonte and I look at you know Nick Sirianni, our new coach, what he was able to do with T. Y. Hill and T. Y. Hill was by himself. I think you know Devonte is going to move all around. You know from the X to the slot, he's going to be in motion a lot because that's what you know. I look at you know all of our wide receivers, and they all you know are very very versatile. So I'm with you on the frame, but the frame got him this far. And I think as an NFL player, you're going to you know be better when it comes to strength and conditioning. But another thing. Even though you know you have to be strong, you know you have to be fast. It's not. It's not like you know we have any more Ray Lewis's or Bart Scotts, you know, in the NFL anymore. You can't hit that hard, sadly. So I feel like you know if Chad Johnson was able to do it in the early two thousands, and you could hit hard now with Devontae, and if you hit too hard, it's a penalty. I don't think it's going to be as much as a problem. But me as a guy that played football, you know, was a lineman that loves the weight room. I was benching almost 400 pounds at 17 years old. I do want to see the guy get stronger. Yeah, it's not just the hits, though. It's being able to get off the line when they're playing that press coverage. Yeah, exactly. And being able to, you know, yeah, get off the line, you know, being able to stay durable. That's, you know, the question mark. But if, I think if he was able to, you know, be successful, you know, with the right, you know, co- uh, training staff, I think you can keep that same level of success. But I'm definitely with you because you look at a corner like Jalen Ramsey, who is really – who likes to press and likes to get at you, you're going to have to have some strength. You know, yes, you got some quickness, you know, some moves, but, you know, when these big corners, when you have big safety, you know, try to press you off the line, you have to be strong enough to get away from that. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very fun to watch and see him grow. It's definitely definitely going to be very fun to watch and see him grow. And it's definitely going to be fun this year. We have an extra game. <laughs> we have an extra game. I can't wait to see how that goes. But I just want to say thank you again. For joining me on this podcast and one more time let everybody know where they could find you uh we're on youtube at our channel is uh now we have uh liftoff new york jets podcast mm-hmm. we're on twitter at liftoff underscore nyj and i'm on twitter at frankie bots with a z now make sure i have those social media links in the youtube link in the description one more time, thank you for joining me. We had definitely have to do something like this again. I definitely enjoyed the conversation we had. As did I. I had a load of fun. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this you know, episode of Sports Talk with Chris. And peace out. Thank you all for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. I really appreciate the support and all the love. All the links to the different platforms I'm on is in the description down below. My Instagram, just in case you just want to put it in now, is sportsw underscore Chris. Sportsw underscore Chris. My Twitter is the same thing, sportsw underscore Chris. Make sure you follow me on my social so we can interact. I post a lot of content every single day. I'm asking, you know, all my followers questions every single day, trying to hear your input, you know, trying to just interact, trying to talk about sports. But again, thank you all for the support, man. I love it. I appreciate it. I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't getting all the support. Make sure you follow me so we can interact and maybe make an episode together. Have a good rest of the day and peace out.